You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Friday edition of the show. Of course, Fridays here on the podcast have become Fan Fridays this month, and we're excited to have Casey Lundquist from Cougs Daily, the brand-new BYU Sports Illustrated site. He is the publisher of that brand-new website. Excited to have him on to talk about his thoughts about BYU football and basketball, answer one of the great what-if questions in his mind of BYU sports history, and also talk about what he's doing with the new website. So a great conversation to come here on the podcast. Today's show is brought to you by our title sponsor, our good friends at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, they have they're candy bar-like protein bars. I know that makes no sense, but they are a protein bar that is absolutely incredible. The best-tasting protein bar ever invented. I can attest to it. They are phenomenal. If you go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, you get $10 off your first order. Once again, use that promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, the title sponsor here on Locked On Cougars and the Locked On Podcast Network. Also brought to you today by our good friends at Talacris Plasma Resources. We'll tell you about what they're offering listeners here in just a little bit as well. Their urgent need for people to donate continues on. So we'll talk about that a little bit as today's show rolls on. With that rundown out of the way, let's get going here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for May 15th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download this podcast, all focused on BYU sports. It's available everywhere podcasts can be found. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, the Google Podcasts app. Make sure to hit that follow button, especially if you're listening to us on Spotify, or the subscribe button if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. That way you never miss a daily episode of this podcast because we have a ton of fun here talking BYU sports. And as I mentioned in the open, Fridays here on the podcast are a fan Friday and excited to have Casey Lundquist on the show today. He is the publisher of Cougs Daily. It is the brand new BYU website under the Sports Illustrated, I guess, umbrella is how we'll describe it. They have a new community they're building there. Casey is heading up the operation there. I think he's doing a great job. Just recently launched the pod, uh, not the podcast, the website, excuse me, and excited to have him on the show here on a Fan Friday to talk about his work, get some thoughts on BYU football and basketball, and even answer a what-if question or talk about a what-if question that has kind of befuddled him during his time as a BYU fan. So without further ado, here you go, our first part of our conversation with Casey Lundquist right here on Locked on Cougars. Give us a little bit of the background of how you got into the media game to begin with here, how your background and how it's evolved into what you're doing now. Yeah, so I I started over at Cougar Sports Insider with Mm -hmm. Jeff Hansen. Uh, They do an excellent job over there. So I I helped out over there for a while. And then um, I I did a little bit with Ben Criddle on the radio, um, co-hosted a few times, hopped on occasionally, and then... Uh, I was approached by Sports Illustrated uh, just to get a BYU site off the ground. So Sports Illustrated is kind of employing a new strategy where they're um, mixing a a local flavor with a national flavor. So the local reporter is able to collaborate with a national writer and kind of get a a nice mix of of national 
local, the local insight with the national perspective. So that, that's kind of the, the idea behind it. Um, hoping to create a community where BYU fans can come to get daily content, tons of content and where, where you can talk about it. You can, um, ask questions. There will be a lot of recruiting questions, um, interviews with recruits, just a little bit of everything. Well, very cool. I, I think you're off to a great start. I've been reading pretty much all of the content you're pumping out, and I think it's been pretty fantastic all the way around, so I commend you on that. Uh, let's let's talk about this. Uh, your background as a BYU fan, uh, where did you get your start as a fan? Did you, are you a lifelong fan? Were you born into it? What's your background? Uh, yeah, I, I don't really know exactly how it started. According to my dad, he would take me to BYU football games when I was like a two-year-old and I would stay entertained for hours. So um, I think it started at a very young age. What I remember was uh, Luke Staley. Like that was the year that really cemented my BYU fandom when I was a little kid. Um, that That's the farthest I can go back and remember being at games. I remember the BYU-Utah game that year where okay. BYU and beat Utah. So I would attribute my BYU fandom to, to that and specifically uh, Luke Staley. Luke Staley and Brandon Dome in 2001. Okay. I, I think there's a number of BYU fans that can relate to that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, think, I think we're missing another one of those seasons here where another batch of BYU fans can be born. Uh, I agree with you. And I, so, so uh, a topic me and you were going to talk about here on this Fan Friday edition of the podcast, I actually mentioned right before we recorded this, I wanted to talk to you about your greatest what if when it comes to BYU sports. And uh, earlier this week, I actually talked about one, and I felt like the 2014 season with Taysom Hill, the hot start that BYU was off to that year, ranked 18th in the country going into that game against Utah State when he got hurt. To me, if he stays healthy that season – I almost I, I just this is just my opinion on it. I feel like that's maybe the season that would have been that so-called special season that could have born yeah hatched a new uh, crop of BYU fans. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. I think I think it takes a special season about once per decade to really create and cement the fandom. And I agree, 2014 was right there. I think I think there were some pretty obvious challenges with the defense that season. But Taysom Hill in his prime and in all his greatness that season, it might have been enough to, to lift BYU uh, past the, that that pretty, um, I don't know, pretty pretty soft schedule. And that could have been the year where they maybe go to a New Year's Six game and, and experience something really special. Yeah, but alas, it is what it is, and we're still kind of waiting for that special year. So uh, let's start here, Casey. Kind of your thoughts. BYU football right now, coming off back-to-back seven and six years, where do you see, see this program at currently? Well, I, I kind of see it from two perspectives. On, on one hand, uh, I'm kind of in wait-and-see mode until you can prove to me that you can consistently beat, um, honestly, inferior competition. Um, I'm not going to really believe too much hype about any upcoming season. On the other hand, BYU has been extremely young the last two seasons. I think two years running, they, they've had or they played the most freshmen of, of any FBS team or among the top two or three. So 
So this BYU team is really young, and sometimes I wonder maybe that's why some of the inconsistencies have popped up the last few seasons, and with more experience, those might go away. So I kind of see it from both perspectives. My, my official stance on this season is if the ball bounces the right way, it could be a, a special year of maybe you know, eight or nine, I guess that would be considered special based on where we were a couple of years ago. But this could be a season where they approach eight or nine wins. Um, on the flip side, there have been so many, so many close games these past few years. One or two plays go either way. Most likely a, a seven in, in five is probably my expectation. I, I think a lot of BYU fans would kind of agree with you in that regard. And I, I also, I, I'm with you in the regard that BYU has been extremely young the past two years. I, this podcast, if anybody's listened to it for any length of time, I've been very high on BYU's offense in particular going into the season on paper in my mind. I think this offensive line has finally grown up. I think we had an upperclassman at, at quarterback, regardless of who it is, if it's Zach Wilson, Jaron Hall, or Baylor Romney, I think there's upperclassmen there. The running back situation seems to have solidified itself. I think Devontae Henry Cole will be a good addition there. So I'm bullish on BYU's chances, and I'm with you. I think that the youth, it does breed uh, some of the issues that they face in terms of the inconsistency and the like. So I completely agree with you there. Uh, with regards to Kalani Satake's tenure to this point, are you a Kalani Satake fan? Where do you stand on the head coach of the BYU Cougars? I think for right now, I, I think Kalani Satake is, is the guy. Uh, I think, um, like you mentioned, the, the progress on offense has been very notable. And the only thing missing from last season was red zone production, right? BYU was in the top. 30 or so of offenses in terms of total yards, but they really struggled to punch it in the end zone. If they're able to, to score touchdowns at, at the average rate, BYU wins two or three more games last season. And we're, yeah. you're, you're looking at, you know, an, an eight or nine win BYU team that's young and upcoming in 2020. Uh, so I, I do think Kalani Sataki is the man for the job. I, I think he needs to be very, very careful with his coordinator hires. I think Jeff Grimes is kind of the model of what a coordinator should look like under Kalani Sataki, kind of a disciplinarian, well-experienced. I know that's hard to do sometimes at BYU. Um, but if he surrounds himself with the right people, I do think he is the guy for the job. You mentioned the fact that he has to be very smart about his coordinator hires, and I completely agree because you and I both know covering BYU from a media perspective, uh, it's a unique place. There, there's no doubt about it. And you have to make sure you have the right people who understand the uniqueness of the program, the university itself, that can sell it to the recruits that they're going out and doing. How do you feel BYU has been doing on the recruiting front? I know you've done a lot of recruiting coverage, talking with guys who are current recruits for BYU. How do you think they're doing on the recruiting front right now? Yeah, it's a little hard to measure because BYU hasn't seen any new commits recently, but it really seems like Jason Ayu is, is doing a great job at BYU. Uh, uh, from what I'm hearing, BYU is, is doing everything that they probably should have been doing all along, consistently contacting, sending out mailers, um, just showing the love that is so needed in, in the current recruiting landscape. Uh, I think BYU is making progress. 
But at the same time, time will tell. Uh, we'll see if if some of these swings that they're taking will will land. They're they're going for some of the top, or in in the case of King Gleason Mathia, the top prospect in the state of Utah. Mm-hmm. They're going hard after Logan Fano, Raider Demuni. Um, if they're able to get even two of those players, I think it would be considered a very successful class. And so far, Jason Ayu is doing and saying all the right things. But like you said, BYU faces very real limitations and restrictions. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, go ahead. Even beyond the things that are specific to BYU, they are not a P5, which is a huge uh, recruiting disadvantage. I'm putting out a piece tomorrow that um, that talks about this a little bit, but 99% of the four- and five-star recruits last recruiting class went to P5 schools. So you are significantly against the odds if you're not a P5 school. Uh, however, BYU has a chance to land some of those players, and Jason Ayu is doing as much as you can possibly do at BYU. So time will tell that things are trending in the right direction for BYU recruiting. There you go, part one with Casey Lundquist talking some BYU football there. Also a little bit about his website, what he's doing with it. Coming up here in just a second, we're going to talk some BYU basketball, get his thoughts on Mark Pope's program, what the Cougars are doing on the hardwoods in his mind. Got some very good thoughts on that. We'll get to that here in just a second. Before we do that, though, as I mentioned in the open, our title sponsor here on the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Cougars this month is our good friends at Built Bar. They make the best-tasting protein bar ever invented. I'm not even kidding, guys. They say that it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and I can wholeheartedly attest to that fact. They have over 16 amazing flavors. If you like chocolate and nut flavors, they've got those. They've also got the nut-free flavors. Regardless of whatever your tastes are, they've got you taken care of, and all of them are delicious. They're soft and easy to chew. These are not your regular protein bars where you felt like, oh, man, I need to drown this with something to really wash it down. They are delicious. And guess what? Their profiles, their flavor profiles are absolutely phenomenal. All of their bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, but high-protein and high-fiber. So they can help you guys out regardless of your situation in life you're in. I'm a rather husky gentleman. I'm trying to lose weight. They can help you in that regard. You're trying to maintain weight or even pack some pounds on with some muscle. They can help you guys out with that. They're the best bar for the health-conscious guy or gal. Check them out, guys. You can learn more about them, BuiltBar.com. And the best part is, for those of you listening here in the state of Utah, this is a local Utah company born and raised in Utah County. So when you support Built Bar, you're supporting the Utah economy. So it's a great opportunity to support the podcast, support our network, and also support a homegrown product here in the state of Utah. Go to BuiltBar.com. Right now, use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your first order. Once again, use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On, as in the Locked On Podcast Network. Real easy to remember. $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, good friends of ours here on the Locked On Cougars Podcast, and of course, our title sponsor right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, let's get to part two of our conversation here with Casey Lundquist from Cougs Daily, the brand new site on sportsillustrated.com. Look them up, si.com. You can just go to their uh, colleges tab. BYU is right there. You can join their community. Fantastic new website. I think Casey's off to a great start here. More of our conversation now right here on Locked on Cougars. Let's switch gears here and talk a little BYU basketball for a moment as well. Uh, we, we talked about the job that guys like Jason and I, you were doing and Kalani Sitake with BYU football. 
What's your satisfaction level with the BYU basketball program as a whole right now? Uh, very satisfied. It's it's hard not to like what BYU basketball is doing, right? And uh, just tonight, uh, BYU landed another commit out of uh, Washington and Tanner Toulson, who chose BYU over Utah, Boise State, Utah State. Um, it's really hard not, not to like what Mark Pope is doing over there. I think uh, BYU basketball has an extremely high ceiling. And I think Mark Pope has the potential to take BYU to that ceiling. Do you think that there's an artificial ceiling for BYU basketball, or do you think that they legitimately can aspire to uh, be a Final Four type of team? Or do you think that there's there's a ceiling that they're going to reach at some point? Uh, there there might be. I, I think time will tell. Although I look back, and we were talking about sporting what-ifs in, in BYU history. Um, in my mind, it, it might be Brandon Davies and, and Jimmer Fredette. Um, I mean, with, with Brandon Davies, there's a very high likelihood that that team is playing in the national championship against Kemba Walker. Even without Brandon Davies, you know, they're a free throw and maybe a rebound away. So yeah. uh, it, it's hard to say for sure. Usually um, in the NCAA tournament, athleticism uh, really wins the day. Uh, however, BYU in very recent history has been right there. So I, I really don't know yet. It's, it's hard to tell. Um, but, you know, I, I think Mark Pope and, and staff uh, are really emphasizing some athleticism, long, big wings, and um, they're kind of recruiting a BYU basketball roster that you, like you would try to see um, an NBA roster bring in really long guys that can shoot and put them all on the court at the same time. So uh, I think time will tell, but there, there might be a ceiling, but then again, Jimmer Fredette, Brandon Davies, Jackson memory, they were right there. Uh, that definitely is the closest they've come. It really seemed like, yeah, I'm with you. They were just, it just felt like it was within reach and it just never ultimately came to fruition. It was just kind of crazy. That, so the funny thing is, I don't know how much you know of my background, that year that Jimmer Fredette did what he did, Jimmer Mania, was my first year officially working in the media. I was interning with Greg Rebell at KSL at the time, so I got thrown right into the deep end when it came to covering BYU that that winter. So some some crazy times all the way around. Yeah, that was, that was a crazy year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Tanner Toulson. Of course, you mentioned the fact that he's committed to BYU. That that last name is a name that BYU fans are going to be very familiar with, obviously. But what does Tanner Toulson bring to the table for BYU basketball? So I think first and foremost, uh, shooting. He he shot forty seven percent from three as a senior. He he has the shooting stroke of any Toulson. His his older brother um, Connor was actually part of the. Uh, LP3 national championship team. I don't know if BYU fans will recognize that. I believe they moved to Washington. Um, but he's the younger brother of, of sharpshooter Connor Toulson, who went to UVU. Yeah. There. Um, that's what stands out on his tape. He can, he can get his shot off quickly and he, you know, he, he sets his feet, he squares his shoulder around. Um, I think what might get him on the court first is his shooting ability. Um, he, he was he was kind of a late bloomer as a freshman. He was 
I believe five foot six. And then as a senior, he was six foot five. So I, I'm not sure how it's possible to grow, you know, an entire foot in a couple of years. I've been waiting for that myself. <laughs> um, but you know, he, he's a guy that you, you don't really know where, how um, athletic he could end up being with a guy growing that fast. He's got to grow into his body and, and as a senior, he was starting to become more and more athletic. He played more around the rim. Uh, I think shooting will get him in the door, but um, his development and his frame at 6'5", he'll be able to add more weight, and, and that might keep him on the floor um, if he's able to uh, play good defense and become a, a 3 and D guy for BYU. Is there a current or former BYU player that you would use as a comparison for him? Uh, I, I'm having a hard time coming up with one myself. I just wondered if you might have one. Let's see. Um, off the top of my head, and I hope I'm for, I'm remembering his first name, uh, but it was it Stephen Rogers that played with Jimmer for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that is his first name, Stephen. Um Kind of a guy that could spot up, shoot, stand in the corner, play some defense. Um, originally, that that's where I see Tanner. I think eventually he could be he could turn into a player that creates his own shot a little bit more. But okay. um, he arrives on campus. That's probably the first player that comes to mind. If I recall, Rogers was a little bit taller than Toulson. I think he was six seven ish. But I understand what you're the comp you're, you're making there is a guy who can thrive on that corner three type of a deal, but also go on the other end and body up a, a opposing wing player at the same time. And I think you, you, you mentioned, as you talked about the fact of what BYU is doing in terms of recruiting in basketball, they want length and athleticism and the frame that Tanner Toulson apparently possesses should, should indicate that he has some of that ability you would hope. Exactly. And he will be enrolling in 2022 mm-hmm. alongside uh, Dallin Hall. Okay. who's a point guard and who should be able to create. And so um, alongside Down Hall, he might be able to just stand in the corner like Rogers did a lot with Jim Fredette and, and just sit, sit and hit a, a high percentage three-point shot. I wanted to ask you, uh, Matt Harms, I think is kind of the prize uh, recruit, I guess, in terms of the recruiting class for BYU, the graduate transfer from Purdue. Some highly critical comments I felt like uh, from his former head coach Matt Painter uh, to to Dan Dockich on his radio show there in Indianapolis. What did you take away from this whole situation with Matt Painter essentially saying, "Well, you may have gotten your degree from Purdue, but you're not a boilermaker because you left." Yeah, I think that's probably one of the worst moves you could make as a as a head coach in college basketball, who's then going and recruiting. Uh, student athletes to come to your program. I think it's kind of sending the wrong message probably um, in a day and age where transfers are just part of the game. Students are going to transfer. They're going to go wherever they, they think they, they have a better chance of either playing time or better opportunity, whatever it may be. Uh, I think it's really the wrong move on his part. Um, I, I'm not sure what you stand to gain by something like that. I don't think, any player is going to hear that and say, oh, man, I should have stayed so I could really be a Boilermaker. I think that's just going to make kind of reaffirm their decision. You know, that's probably the right move for me to get out. But I, I do think it could be used as negative recruiting against a head coach like that. So uh, I think it's the wrong move for him and probably the right move for someone like Matt Harms to go to a place where 
he will be very appreciated at BYU. Yeah, what do you make of Matt Harms' game? I feel like he's a guy, his defensive uh, numbers indicate that he is a legit defensive option, a guy who can block shots. Rebounding numbers you'd like to see go up a little bit, but I think the biggest thing for him at seven foot three, the ability to shoot all the way out to the three-point line in the college game, I think that's a benefit to him. What do you make of his game? Yeah, I, I think one thing that I, I haven't heard many people talk about that I really like about his game is he sets really, really great screens mm-hmm. and is able to stretch the floor. You, you can't leave a guy that's 7'3 alone down on the post. He's just too long and athletic enough to really create problems. At the same time, like you said, he can stretch the floor and hit 30% from three, which is a really great number for someone that's 7'3. But he, he kind of reminds me, um, obviously to a much lesser extent, but a Rudy Gobert, where he's able to go and he's so big, he creates a lot of space for his teammates around screens. And then he's able to pop or he's able to roll. Um, and he just facilitates the offense with his skill set. I think that's what that's what stands out. Obviously, really great protector of the rim on offense. I like how he's able to facilitate movement and uh, space for his teammates. There you go, part two of our conversation here with Casey Lundquist. Check out his work. He's doing great work. You can find him on Twitter, at Casey underscore Lundquist, uh, at SI underscore BYU for the website for SI BYU Cougs Daily, his new website, new venture with Maven and the Sports Illustrated Network. And I think he's doing a great job just recently launching the website in the last week or so. So they're doing great work over there uh, with Casey and his team. Final part of our conversation coming up here in just a second. Before we get to that, though, need to take a minute today and talk to you about our good friends at Talacris Plasma Resources. They're a company located in Provo, Utah. Real easy to find. 651 Columbia Lane in Provo. If you know where Sweets Hawaiian Grill is, you're right in the neighborhood. You know where the Chick-fil-A, the Walgreens, even the Deseret Industries uh, thrift store. They're all right there, right by Talacris Plasma Resources. I can guarantee you can find it. You can Google the name if not. If you want to learn more about what they're doing and you'd like to call them, their phone number, 801-377-1243. Now let's talk about what uh, Plasma goes into doing because Talacris is looking for, they have. well, I guess first off, Talacris has an urgent need for people to be donating Plasma right now, as do most Plasma donation centers. The biggest thing is, is right now with the COVID-19 pandemic, and congratulations, most of the state of Utah has moved into the yellow category, so we're doing some good things here, but still the fight continues against COVID-19. The parent company of Talacris is Griffalls, and they're actually one of the leading research firms on how plasma can help combat COVID-19. They're looking for people with antibodies that can fight this disease, and the only way they do that is by getting people to donate their plasma. The best part is, is they're not just asking for donations. They're actually rewarding people financially for coming in and donating. New donors at Telechris Plasma Resources, you can earn up to $525 during your first month of donating, up to 10 times in the first month. And returning donors, if you've been re- if you've been donating with them previous to this and you want to get back to it, well, they're still rewarding you as well as much 
as much as $475 a month as well with, with as many as 10 donations, guys. And the best part is, is the more you donate, the more money you make each month. It's just a really cool deal that they have going with Talacris Plasma Resources. So if you have the ability to, to donate, they absolutely need you guys to go in. 651 Columbia Lane in Provo. Phone number 801-377-1243. The best part is they are open most of the day and evening, so you can find a time that's convenient for you to go visit them. They open up at 5.30 a.m. and are open until 8.30 p.m. Monday through Friday, 5.30 a.m. through 5 p.m. on Saturdays, and closed on Sundays. Like I said, there's a critical, urgent need for people to donate their plasma right now because it's helping out your fellow man and also helping fight against COVID-19, this pandemic that's had us all cooped up at home. So check them out. Talacris Plasma Resources is a proud sponsor here on Locked On Cougars. All right, final part of our conversation here with Casey Lundquist from Sports Illustrated and Cougs Daily, the brand new BYU community there under the Sports Illustrated uh, umbrella. Exciting conversation with him, and we're going to get to here in just a second. We're going to talk about one of the greatest what-ifs in BYU sports history for him. I think it's a great conversation, so without further ado, let's get back to it. Here you go, Casey Lundquist with myself right here on Locked on Cougars. If you want to learn more about some of the guys BYU's recruiting, and we're talking some of the bigger names, I think you had one just earlier this week with Carson Ryan from Timview, if I'm not mistaken, the four-star tight end in the 2022 class. Kingsley Suamataya from uh, Orem High School. I also think you did the the triumvirate at uh, Timview for the 2021 class with Logan Fanot, uh, Raider Damuni, and Targi Lamson, right? Right. Yeah, so check all that work out. Uh, Casey and his team. I, I, do you have a team you're working with, is, or is it just you pumping out all this content? So for right now, I have uh, an intern helping me out who's a BYU broadcasting student. Okay. Um, but we're just barely getting this thing off the ground, so certainly potential to add more down the road. But for right now, it's mostly me just cranking out content while I'm quarantined. Well, I commend you for doing that because I know you have a day job. And uh, as a guy, I work in the industry. I, I run a radio show, so I'm already in the sports media industry. And I know that your your main gig is not in in sports media. So I commend you for being able to essentially hold down almost two full-time gigs in a way. It keeps me busy. And uh, my my wife deserves a lot of credit. She's very <laughs> You are a smart man. I, I, nobody, you, you, you know how to play this game. I, I respect you for that. All right, uh, let's get to a topic that I mentioned right off the top here. Let's get to your biggest what if. You mentioned earlier that it might have been the Brandon Davies, Jimmer Fredette season. Is there another big what if in BYU sports history that you kind of look at and say, you know what, had something else changed in this, it might have changed the outcome for this sport or that season? Yeah, I think we, we breached the two most uh, recent ones. One that came to mind, and, and I was a little too young to understand what was going on. Um, 1996 uh, football season, certainly won. Um, who knows where that team ends up if they beat Washington. Yeah. Um, and then I think uh, a more recent one, probably not as big of a what if, would be uh, the Kalani Sataki's first year, 2016. I mean, with, with Taysom Hill and, and Jamal Williams, I wonder if if maybe um, in other circumstances where a system maybe fit those two a little bit better, uh, BYU was you know eight points away from an undefeated season. I think that's that's another one. Obviously, four wins is 
is a, a long ways away from an undefeated season, but there were so many what-if moments in that season. I don't know if you could even point to one. Um, I remember, you know, the West Virginia game, BYU got a, a lucky bounce. West Virginia fumbled in their own red zone, or in, in BYU's red zone, excuse me. BYU drives down and then um, just throws, Taysom Hill throws an interception at the end of the game. Um, and Alevahifo isn't, isn't looking or isn't turned around. There's so many moments in that season where you could say, man, BYU is so close to two-point conversion against Utah. Um, there, there's a lot. But it, it's hard to top in basketball, Jimmer Fredette, his senior year, um, really what could have been a Final Four run. And, uh, man, 2014, Taysom Hill, the, the schedule was set up for that team. And, and for Taysom Hill to just have a monster season. I think you got good points on all of those because we all, we're all seeing, let's speak of Taysom for a second here. I think we're all seeing the, almost the payoff of what Taysom Hill, the flashes he showed in college, what he's doing in the NFL now. He's a multifaceted star who can play in a myriad of positions at the NFL level. But for all intents and purposes, it appears that he is going to be the guy to replace Drew Brees with the New Orleans Saints whenever Brees decides to hang it up, whether it's after this upcoming season or after the final year of his deal two years out. So I'm with you. I think that everything that BYU fans hoped Taysom would be is starting to come to fruition in the NFL. It's just unfortunate that it never fully came to pass during his time as a Cougar outside of his sophomore year when he probably wasn't as uh, polished as he is now. Yeah, you're exactly right. I think um, the most notable improvement in Taysom Hill's game was probably his his passing ability from uh, from 2013 to 2014. He still wasn't all the way there, but combined with his elite running ability, man, he was he was really tough. Um, I recall the the play against Virginia where he avoids a sack and scrambles out and the you know a, a streaking Mitchell Jurgens. I mean, I don't know how a defensive coordinator could plan for that. There's just no way to guard that. So, um, Taysom Hill, I think you're right. So much potential. It's really, really a shame. Um, maybe the biggest what-if career in BYU history would be Taysom Hill. Well, that's what's um, it, yeah. but, but I think you're exactly right. Now that he's been healthy for four years now in the NFL, um, you really don't pay a backup quarterback the amount of money he's about to get. Like he he's going to be the quarterback in New Orleans and it will be fascinating to watch. Yeah, I actually I think you bring up a good point there. The whole career of Taysom Hill is a giant what if. I think we look at some of the seasons during his career and say what if, but just the totality of his career in a BYU uniform, had he stayed healthy for three or four years and been the guy for those all those seasons, who knows what he might have accomplished. Yeah, I think I think you're exactly right. Um, you, you look back, even even 2015, he only gave us a first half. Yeah, but man, that first half was was perfect. And and he tried to come back after the Liz Frank in, injury for for a quarter or so. But uh, man, what could have been with that core of wide receivers? Um, BYU could have had a really special year in 2015 as well. As a guy who was there on site uh, there at Nebraska watching that game in person. I can tell you, we all thought just for one half of football, 
holy smokes, he's become a quarterback. So I think you're right in that regard. All right, Casey, uh, last thing from me here for you. I do this each week on a Friday with our Fan Fridays. I want to give you the soapbox and let you talk about anything that we haven't touched on today or if there's something about BYU you'd like people to know about, about yourself, etc. It is your time to shine. What do you want BYU fans to know? Man, that is a tough, tough question. Today, what I want BYU fans to know is if they have any questions, any comments, any opinions about BYU football and you want to discuss them, then come on, BYU Sports Illustrated. Creating an account is free. It's easy. It takes about 30 seconds. Um, you can come on and you can post whatever you want it to be. I'll give you my opinion. Um, and you can also request content. If there is a certain uh, recruit you'd like to know about, if there is, um, I don't know, uh, some throwback article that, that you'd like me to write about, come on board, request it, and it will be done. Sweet. Look at you, ever the salesman. Check out my work and participate with it. I think that would be a fun thing. It's a new community. It's not just that you guys have a site. You guys are building a community of BYU fans. Similar to what we're doing here in the podcast world with Locked On Cougars, uh, S-I-B-Y-U, Cougs Daily. You're doing the same thing. You want to have discussion. You want to have interaction with fans because, let's be real, you and I are both in the media industry game, and guess what drives the media industry? Fans. Plain and simple. That's exactly right. And I think BYU fans, um, they're, they're what makes BYU great. I'm actually um, writing about this tomorrow on the uh, official Sports Illustrated site, on the national site, um, about how BYU fans could become just a major advantage for BYU in an era where name, image, likeness um, becomes part of college sports, where an extremely passionate fan base mixed with a thriving local economy, could could create something really powerful for BYU. I think BYU fans are, are loyal and they're special. So I'm excited to interact. Well, I'm looking forward to that. You said it's going to be on the national site, so SI.com? That's correct. Fascinating. I'll be looking forward to that. We'll be sure to send people to that link as well. Well, Casey, I can't thank you enough for taking some time to join us here on Locked on Cougars. I was happy to have you on a fan Friday, and we'll be tracking your work, and hopefully this is not the last time we have you on the podcast, okay? Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. There you go. Conversation with Casey Lundquist. Can't thank him enough for taking the time. Check out his work with Sports Illustrated and Cougs Daily each and every day, pumping out daily content, great interviews with prospects, doing great articles on BYU sports overall, football, basketball, and everywhere in between. So I think they're doing great work. So check it out, guys. Cougs Daily, a brand-new website, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. And I think they're doing some great stuff. I'm looking forward to that column. Uh, we recorded this po- the podcast with portion with him last night. Looking forward to seeing uh, that article on SI.com today. So check that out, guys. We'll make sure to link that in the show notes once it goes live. Uh, today's show has been brought to you by our good friends at Built Bar. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Get $10 off your first order. Those protein bars are absolutely delicious, so check them out, guys. BuiltBar.com, promo code locked on. Also brought to you today by our good friends at Talacris Plasma Resources. A big thank you to them for their continued support of the podcast as well. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at LockedOnCougars. My personal Twitter feed, if you want to follow me there, is at Jacob C. Hatch. 
And feel free to drop the show a note anytime via email. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address if you want to reach out to us there. That'll do it for this Friday edition of the show. A big thank you to all of you who continue to support us. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with you guys on a Monday talking all things BYU sports and catching up from the weekend that was. Enjoy it. Hope you guys are all doing well, staying safe, and we'll be back with you guys soon. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for May 15th, 2020. We will talk to you on Monday.